Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. I can stand up here and give the sermon. What we're talking about today is God working miracles in your life and in my life. That's what we're talking about and how he wants to use us in that. And so I had it all planned out, had my notes, and, and I even had this boy, just in case I forgot, I'm like, okay, turn here. And, and, and we have a lot of scripture, so I hope you brought your Bibles. And, and you know, please have a journal and a notebook. But, 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 but before we go any further, before we talk about any of this, because I believe that it is so important, it's what God wants to share with you and I this morning. But before we go any further, man, I really believe, I mean, I, 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 I think as a group, we need to be uplifted by your own testimony, by your own story. So we're going to do something that we've really never done. Um, I have a mic, um, Mr. Darren. It's uh, wireless number one. I'm going to turn it on. And just for the next couple of minutes, and then we'll go on with what we got to, to cover this, this morning. But has God worked, let me ask you this question, in your life, miraculously? Has God worked in your life miraculously? And, and, and don't get past this. Like, this is miraculous right here. So don't, don't, don't get past that. But I want you to think on one step higher. Like, has God moved in your life and done something miraculous? Ask yourself that question. All right. And if the answer is yes, God has, I want to give you the mic and hear this testimony of just for a few, a, a few moments this morning of different people who God has done miracles for. Because before I give you head knowledge, I think God wants us to have a little heart knowledge. And he wants to do that through you. So I could tell some stories about me and go on, but I want to hear from you. So I have a mic, and, um, and the floor is yours. Um, just raise your hand. I'll bring it to you. Has God worked um, a miracle in your life that you've seen or been a part of? But not everybody at the same time, because then they may, uh, <laughs> they may accuse us of a different denomination if have everybody speaking at once. Anybody work? Anybody? Um, and that's okay if nobody has. By the way, really, surely is. Has Has anybody seen God work a miraculous sign in their life? I figure if I stay up here long enough, somebody just raise their hand out of pity. So, um, like, good Lord, help him. <laughs> All right, all right, 
All right, tough crowd, tough crowd. We'll, we'll, we'll roll with it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about that question, and we'll revisit that in, in a couple of moments. But I want you to think about that question. Has God done something miraculous in your life? Because when we think about miracles, here's the elephant in the room, number one. The elephant in the room, number one, is that there are times, hello, where God doesn't do miracles. That is elephant in the room, number one. That there are specific times throughout history where God has not done a significant sign. So, somebody have their Bible. I want you all to turn to it. I got a bunch of passages I want to read uh, this morning. But somebody turn to 1 uh, Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Um, raise your hand if you're going to turn there and you don't mind reading it. Mr. John, all right. Thank you so much, Mr. John. Would somebody um, go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 24? Just raise your hand if you want to turn there and, and read it. Matthew 24, 24. Um, hold on. Cat said my zipper was undone. All right. Here we go. We're, we're better now. All right. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. All right. Now, has anybody done a miraculous sign? All right. Anybody? 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 No, I'm just kidding. All right, thank you, God. Thank you. All right, Matthew 24 and 24. Who wants to read that? All right, Miss Crystal, I got you. Um, Revelation 16, 14. Who wants to do that one? Um, baby steps, baby steps. Katrina, thank you so much. And then um, um, Exodus 7, 11. Somebody going to get Exodus 7, 11 um, for me. Um, thank you, Lacey. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 1 Corinthians, thank you, Miss Lisa. Okay, all right, 1 Samuel, uh, Mr. John, I believe you have 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. First, just the first verse, chapter 3. Yep. Y'all hear that? In those days, messages from the Lord, quite uncommon. They were rare. So that tells us really quick that there are times throughout history where God just kind of pulls back for some reason and says, I'm not going to work. When we look at our Bible, we see Malachi, don't we? And then we flip a page, and what are we, what are we at? Matthew? And we think it's just a flip of the page, but it was actually 400 years that God did not speak, at least in recorded history. There are times when that happens. So if you're taking notes... First elephant in the room is there are some times where maybe you're honest. Maybe you really have never seen a miraculous sign. If that's the case, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. There are times that that happens. All right. Elephant in the room number two is that sometimes people perform uh, uh, miraculous miracles, so to speak, and they are false. They are not genuine. And so to show y'all what I mean, I kind of got a video online. Um, uh, don't laugh at me too much, but um, here, here's, here is the video. Um, yeah, you can go ahead and play that, Mr. Dan. Okay, it's about to get, like, punched in the face, I think. Oh, yeah, you got to look back here, so... This is my favorite part. Somebody's like, hold on now, don't knock her out. So everybody just, and they all fall. I just saw that on the internet. I thought it was interesting. And then um, if you slide over, and there's one more that I got. Um, this one's my favorite. You can literally, like, see the guy breathing. Like, his mouth is opening and his chest is rising. He's supposed to be dead. Um, and this happens, so. Rise up. 
<laughs> All right. So why do I, why, why do I show them? Okay, very seriously, I, I really do mean this. Um, both of those that we just saw, um, it's the largest church in Africa that had the, um, the raising of the dude that was dead. Like, he's preaching, and there are, like, thousands of people in this room. Like, literally, thousands of people in the room. And somebody from the back says, hey, there's a dead body outside, Pastor so-and-so. Can you come out here? And I think you can raise him. And so the camera kind of comes, and everybody makes their way and has this big circle around the coffin. And he's like, okay, let's just do it. And, and, and it's like, uh, you can literally see him breathing in the video. It's kind of like, man, what, what's going on? And then the next one, it's, uh, I, I don't exactly know the pastor's name, but um, it, it's the biggest church or one of the biggest churches, I believe, that is in America. Like thousands and thousands of people go to this, this church. And I believe, I don't know what it's called. I think they're doing something like slain in the spirit. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like doing stuff. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the point is this, is that there are false miracles. Who had Matthew chapter 24, 24? Miss Crystal, can you go ahead and read that? So we have from Scripture itself that, yeah, there are actually going to be people who rise up and perform false miracles. Now, I think that was just kind of a silly little example I had just to kind of break the ice. But there are going to be people who come one day, maybe they're already here, that are going to perform actual miracles. Like an actual miracle is going to be done. It's going to be done. And they're going to perform it to lead you astray. To make you bow down to somebody that you was not supposed to bow down to. To make you believe in somebody that was the coming Messiah that in fact was not Jesus at all. Somebody has Revelation, I believe, chapter 16. Miss um, Katrina, can you read that? Did y'all hear that? Performing demons, performing what kind of signs? miraculous and in case you think oh well that's to come no 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 let's look backwards because this has happened before somebody had exodus chapter 7 verse 11 and i don't really i think it was miss lisa had no no oh, miss lacy all right exodus chapter 7 verse 11 what does it say they did the same thing read it a little bit in that context and say what did he do do you do you see that it may be in the verse, um, verse 12, right after that. They threw down their staff and the snake. These are Egyptian wise men. He threw down their staff, and the staff became a what? A snake. What I'm trying to tell you is that there are miracles done that aren't from God, that are from powers that are not godly, as Miss Katrina read, demonic. So how do we know the difference between one and the other? And I believe our answer comes to us from 1 John when it says this. It says you must. <coughs> I'm, I've been feeling kind of bad, so <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, go away, demonic spirit. No, I'm just a joke. Okay. Um, I forgot where I was. Um, 
Do y'all remember where I was? First John, it says test the spirits, doesn't it? It says test the spirits and see for yourself where the spirit comes from. So that's what we should do. That's what we should do. And lastly, I want to respond to one last elephant in the room. Maybe you're here and you're saying, but Drake, God has not given me the ability to be able to perform a miraculous work. So that's not my spirit. That, that, that's not my gift, okay? That's just not what I've been gifted with. Somebody has 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, I believe that's Miss Lisa, right, Miss Lisa? Um, let me turn there. If you want to turn there, um, you can. I'm going to turn there real quick because um, um, I want to try to get the whole context. I don't know if it's just verse 7 or maybe it's a, if it's a couple more. Um, yeah, okay. Go, go to um, 7. Yeah, read 7 for us, Miss Lisa. Yeah, all right. Can you read verse 8 as well? And verse 9? And lastly, verse 10? Okay, that's perfect. Thank you so much, Miss Lisa. Do y'all see what that's saying? Okay, so if there is a gift of somebody giving wise advice, does that mean that we should all start, like, if, if, unless that's our gift, we should just give foolish advice all the time? Like, hey, I'm sorry, <laughs> giving wise advice isn't my gift. So, yeah, I think you should drive the truck off the bridge. That's a good idea, man. Like, I think you should do that. No, obviously it's not. What if ours, our, our gift isn't that we have great faith? What if that's not our gift? Like, like, our faith isn't great. Does that mean that we should have no faith at all? We should just live by fear? No. Maybe, maybe our gift isn't to have an amazing prayer life. But does that mean that we should not pray? No. Maybe our gift isn't to be a public speaker and to get up in front of people and share uh, the good news about Christ. Does that mean that we are off the hook about sharing who Jesus is and what he has done for our life? No. And in the same way, even though your special gift may not be miracles, it doesn't let us off the hook about expecting miracles and being able to have the faith to say, Hey, God, I'm in this situation. God, use me. All right, <clears throat> I know what kind of church this is. I know it's a Baptist church, and I know um, you're maybe sweating more than I am right now. Um, let, let, let's dig a little bit more into the Scripture. Hopefully you're writing these Scriptures down um, with the elephants in the room. I want to, firstly, I want to ask this, okay? When Jesus feeds the 5,000, do y'all remember that story? Jesus is about to feed the 5,000. When he looks out at the crowd, there is a need. What's the need? Food. Absolutely. And so Jesus says, hey, 
Or his disciples come up to him and say, Jesus, these people, they're hungry. They haven't eaten in a, in a long time. That is amazing to me because what that tells me is that the miracle starts with a need. So are you in here this morning and you have a need? Do you have a need? You know who that, what that makes you a candidate for? That makes you a candidate for God to do something miraculous in your life. So if you have a need, don't fret. If you have a small need, okay, God can do something kind of small, miraculous. But if you have a big need, I mean, that is something for God to step into that situation. It's like, I'm about to blow your life up right now. You're about to see the glory of God. That's, that's awesome. And so what does Jesus respond? Jesus responds to the disciples, and he says, okay, they need to eat. Do y'all know what he says? Yeah, I know y'all know. What, is he, what does Jesus say? He says, yeah, yeah. But, and, and, and you didn't use the, the, uh, the, the person. Who feed them? You're right. He says, you feed them. You feed them. But Drake, these are the disciples you're talking about. And, 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 and technically, since we're talking about disciples, didn't Jesus, like, actually do the miracle anyway? Isn't he the one that blessed it? Who do you think is going to be doing the miracle if God causes you to pray for somebody? Do you think you're going to be the one healing? Do you think you're going to be the one, I don't know, that's going to be making a difference or, or, or working a miraculous sign in somebody's life? No, it's going to be Jesus. It's the same way. What's amazing about the story is that God calls us. He, he lets us play an amazing role in somebody else's life for him, for us to be used, for him to do a great work. And that's exactly what we see in the story. Do you have a need? Do you know somebody who has a need? Maybe God is pointing his finger at you and saying, Hey, you, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to do something amazing in their life. Okay, I think it's pretty good. I don't know about, I don't know about, what do you, what do you think, babe? Are, are you getting something out of it? No, okay, all right. That's confidence right there. All right, um. Um, Y'all come back next week. It's going to be a lot better. Number two. Number two. We don't always get a miracle. <clears throat> if y'all wouldn't mind, somebody, um, and anybody can turn to these um, passages of Scripture. Can somebody turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Can somebody turn to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23? Chapter 5. Um, who, who, by the way, who got 2 Corinthians chapter 12? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Mr. Jim, thank you so much. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. Does anybody have that? Um, all right, thanks, Mr. John. Um, somebody have John 14, 11. John 14, thanks, Mr. Bill. Um, somebody, John chapter 10, verse 38. John 10, 38. John 10, 38. John 10, 38. All right, thank you. Um, and, rem uh, shoot, let me think, let me think, let me think. Name, 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 name. Ah, I hate it when I can't think of a name. Linda. Let's go. All right, thank you, Miss Linda. John chapter 10, verse 38. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. Matthew, all right, thank you, Miss Diane. And um, that's all. So there we go. All right. So 
we don't always get the miracle. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, I'm going to turn there real quick because I'm already in 1 Corinthians and I'm just kind of going to read along. Um, who, who volunteered to read um, 2 Corinthians? Mr. Jim, thank you so much. And um, would you do me a favor? Would you start reading in verse 7 um, and then go all the way to verse 9? Can you read that last verse? Thank you. That, that is awesome. Can you read that one last verse? Wow. Wow. I delight in hardships and persecutions. I prayed three times, God, please take it away. And he didn't take it away. And the best thing that I can say about that is that, hey, God told me that his strength is going to work best in my weakness. So, hello, God doesn't always do the miraculous in our life, even though we pray for it. And you may be in here and you're thinking, okay, well, that's Paul. He, God didn't do the miraculous in his life, but he did the miraculous through his life. And you would be right. Paul, God did do miraculous things through Paul's life, but he didn't do it every time. Some, uh, Mr. John, 1 Timothy, I believe you have. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. All right, come on with it. Okay, now... You, it, that's from First Timothy. Okay, uh, 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 all, all the Baptists said, "Amen." All right. Okay. All right. All right. That, that was really gonna make us sweat. Uh, you you read from First Timothy, right? Who 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 was First Timothy written to? Timothy, and it was written by Paul. So Paul is writing to Timothy, saying, "Hey, drink a little wine. You're sick all the time, man." So you're telling me that somebody who was Paul's right-hand man who did ministry with Paul had a stomach ailment? Are you serious? And Paul didn't just lay his hand on him and say, be healed? Do you think that for a minute Paul wasn't praying for Timothy? Yeah, he was. But God didn't take away his stomach ailment that we know of in the Scriptures. So he said, drink a little wine for that. He doesn't always, he doesn't always remove it. Let me ask you a question. What was the purpose of Jesus doing miraculous signs? What was the purpose of Jesus doing a miraculous sign? Do y'all know? What was the purpose of Jesus doing all his miracles? Boom. To reveal God's power. You're exactly right. Thank you. Who has um, John chapter 14, verse 11? Um, come on, Mr. Bill, come on, come on with it. Oh, you cheated. You knew that because you had already read it. Oh, man, you little joker. Hey, that's smart, though. Mm. Amen. 
so what does he say? He says, look, believe in me. But if you don't believe what I say, at least believe in me because the work that you saw me do. All right, John chapter 10, verse 38. Who has that? All right, come on, Miss Linda. That old-timey King James Version. That's what I'm talking about. Believe in me at least because of the works that you've seen me do so that you will know what? That I am from the Father. So what was Jesus' goal in doing all the miracles that he did? Did he want to heal? Yes, he wanted to heal. Did he want to make somebody's life better? Yes, he wanted to make somebody's life better. Did he want somebody to have open uh, blind eyes, open deaf ears? Yes, he wanted to do that. But the question is why? And the reason that we have just read is so that they, by seeing the the miraculous work Jesus did was say, that man right there is from God. God is real. God sees me. God loves me. And because of that, I'm going to give my faith to God. I can't tell you how many times I've been on my knees praying for, for somebody. God, please help them. God, be in their life. God, I, I just make them know they have this or they have that. And I'm sitting here praying. And God taps me on the shoulder and says, I want you to get in your truck right now. Now, I really can't tell you how many times this happened. I want you to get in your truck right now. Drive down the road. Go to their house. Knock on their door and go pray with them. And what do I ask? I'm like, God, why do you want me to do that? I, I can pray right here just as good. You can hear me just as good right here. And what's the answer? It's the answer. I'm not doing this for you, Drake. And, and yeah, I do want to heal them. I do want to help them. But, I, but my main intent is why? It's so that their faith would grow and they would start putting all of their faith in me. So I'm like, okay, I'll get my truck. Um, I get off on these rabbits, and I just, I don't know. But anyways, um, where are we at? Okay, uh, number three, write this down if you're taking notes. Prayer, prayer is the process that miracles take place. We're talking about miracles, obviously. Prayer, how they happen. Prayer is the process in which miracles take place. Um, we got a couple more Bible verses, and then we're going to be done. Um, Mark chapter 9, verse 29. Somebody have that? Mark 9, 29. Mark 9. Babe, can you get that for me? Mark 9, 29. Okay. I've been looking at you like, hey, she's going she's gonna to step up sometime. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. James 4, chapter 2 and 3. James 4, chapter 2 and 3. All right. Thank you, Mr. Bill. 1 John 5, 14. 1 John 5, 14. Anybody? Anybody? 5, 14. Thank you, Aubrey. And then I saw you raise your hand, Miss Linda. Can you read um, James chapter 5, verse 16? James chapter 5, verse 16. Again, we are proving that prayer is the process through which miracles take place. All right. All right. Mr. Babe, Mark 9, 29. Yep, you're first. All right, come on with it. Yeah, this can only be cast out through prayer. So a demon comes, and, then, and the disciples, they go, hey, we can't heal this demon. And they, so they come back and say, like, God, well, I mean, Jesus, why couldn't we um, cast out this demon? He looks at them, and he says, hey, this kind, it can only be cast out by prayer, i.e., the baseline of the miraculous begins at prayer. All right? Somebody come on with, uh, with uh, <clears throat> the next verse. I think it was you, Mr. Bill. Come on. Yep, come on with it. Perfect. 
Did y'all hear that? What is James saying? I'm going to try not to get too fired up, but what James is saying is there's stuff in your life that I have, like, I have dropped it off at the table, and all you have to do is ask, and I'm going to give it to you, but you don't have it. And what's the reason that you don't have it? The reason you don't have it is because you haven't even asked for it yet. So what, 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 what should we do? What should we ask God for? I mean, should we let our lives completely blow up? And be at rock bottom. And while we're at rock bottom, we're like, okay, God, I have nowhere to go. There's no other alternative. Can you please take over from here? God does do that, and we do do that sometimes. But hear me. God doesn't want you to wait till you're at rock bottom to start hitting your knees and praying for him. If it's enough for you to worry about, if it's enough for you to say, this is, this is, I need this, it's enough for you to pray about. You have not because you ask not. And then, what does he say? He's about to flip it right here. And then he's going to say, but even when you ask, sometimes you don't receive because you're asking with the wrong motive. You're, you're saying, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me. And he's saying, no, it's all about thee. It's about thee, Drake. It's about God, it's not about you. It's about Jesus, it's not about you. And that's what God is telling us right now. It's not about you and it's not about me, but it's about God. And he is allowing us to align our will with him. Watch this. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14, I believe. Somebody, who, who has that? So we are confident that he hears us when we pray for the things that please him. Did y'all hear that? It is an invitation to align our will with the will of God. Hear me. Prayer is not the process by, we, by which we get God on our page. Prayer is the process by we get on the page of God. Let me say that one more time. It's not, oh God, can you, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Come on, come on, come on. It's God, what do you have me do? in this situation we get on god's page we align our will with his and if we do that we are confident that he will hear us ain't that right aubrey that's right ain't that something that's what brother steve would say speaking of that wednesday night it's gonna be his last night brother steve man i love that man don't you don't miss this wednesday night it's gonna be awesome don't miss this wednesday night Number four, I'll just read this really quick because I know we're out of time and we've got to go. The sick and the healer must both have faith. The sick person, and I didn't know because God does miraculous signs and a lot more stuff than just the sick, obviously. Um, but I just didn't know any other words, so I just put the sick and the healer uh, must both have faith. Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 5. Let me read, somebody read Mark chapter 6, verse 5 for me. Will somebody do that? Mark 6, 5. All right, come on, Mr. Bo. And then somebody read Matthew 17, um, 14, wherever we stop. Um, somebody want to read that for me? All right, come on, Miss Lacey, you got it. All right, Mr. Bo. So because of their unbelief, Jesus comes into his hometown. He sees Nazareth, and what happens? He, he cannot do anything. He can't do any, any miracles because they do not believe. And then I think, Miss Lacey, you had, had the next one. Read that. Yeah, and then maybe keep on reading down a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah, keep on coming. Keep on coming. Let me, let me stop you right He's This is so savage. Jesus is so savage. He's, he's like, why can't we heal him? Y'all a bunch of faithless and corrupt people. All right, go on. That's hilarious. All right, keep on coming. They're about to ask something. What are they about to ask? And guess what he says? You don't have enough faith. So for a miracle to happen, two people must have faith. The one praying, the one asking, and the one who's going to be receiving. Faith works both ways. All right, do y'all see that from the Scripture? I'm just trying to bring some biblical points out for you. Number five, we're not even going to look at this, but here I'll read it for you, is that we must sometimes, and I put sometimes in brackets, act before we see the miraculous. If you want proof for that, go to Acts chapter 3, verse 7, and you'll see it right there. Let me end by telling you this story. It's a story about a dad. And once there was a dad who got married, and as he got married, he was married for a pretty long while, maybe three or four years there, and they finally have a kid, and the kid grows up to be one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, and as he was three years old, his mother passed away. And the dad just cries, like, oh, no, 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 my, the, my wife, my sweetheart, she's gone. And so the dad does the best that he can. He's raising the young man, and, and the young man grows up and seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And he finally, you know, gets to high school. But the problem is, is that the dad is not only by himself, he's a really successful businessman. He's really successful in the, in the, the, the business that he runs. He has a lot of money, and so eventually, they don't really connect very well throughout high school and he goes off to college and it's the young man's senior year at college and he comes home and he says, you know what I want to do? I want to find my dad and I want to create and rekindle a relationship with my father. So he comes home every weekend and they start doing all these things together and eventually one day they're driving down the road and they come across this used car lot and there's this magnificent used sports car that's cost, I don't know, $30,000 on the side of the road and the young man says, for my graduation gift, Dad, all I want, all I care for is that you get me that car. I want that car. So a couple of weeks go by and he finally graduates, and for his graduation gift, his dad got him a Bible. And he underlined one of the verses in the most famous scripture of all time called the Sermon on the Mount, and he underlined it, and he handed him the Bible. And the young man took the Bible, and he started to become angry. He said, Dad! I wanted that sports car, and you got me a book? And the dad says, man, don't, don't, don't be angry. Don't you want to see what I've, I've written you in here? Don't you want to see what I've said? And so the, 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 the young man, he says, you know what? I don't even care. And he drops the book. He throws the Bible on the ground. He says, I don't need you anymore. I don't need you in my life. And, and I'm gone. He packs his bags that day, and he leaves. He's never to be seen again. He gets his own job. His own family has his own kids, and he's old. He's gone with his life. He's about 50 years old now. Not, he hasn't talked to his dad since that day. And he says, I really miss my dad. I want to get a relationship with my father. So he drives back to his house. His dad isn't there, so he leaves him a note on the counter. 
and the note reads, hey, this is your son, give me a call, that blah, blah, blah. And so the dad gets back, and he's, you know, out, and he gets back, and he calls that number. And the next day, they make plans to meet up. And that night, the dad had a heart attack and died. So the young man is just torn up, and he goes, and he just begins to clean out all the stuff, all of his, all of his dad's equipment. He has this huge house with all, this stu- with all these things, and so he begins to clear it out. And then what does he stumble on? This 50-year-old man stumbles on that Bible. He just begins to weep and cry, and he, he gets that Bible. and says, I remember this Bible. It's what my dad got me for graduation all those years ago. And he turns to that one highlighted passage with the letter in it in Matthew chapter 6, and it says this, if, the heavenly, if your earthly fathers know how to give such good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who love him? And as he picked up the Bible, keys fell out. He picked those keys up and he went down to the dad's three-car garage and sitting there, was that sports car from all those years ago. You see, God has given us some amazing things, you and I, some amazing things, and all he's asking is, hey, pick it up, son. I know it's a strangely wrapped gift, but in the strangely wrapped gift is my love for you. I give good gifts. And so what he's asking us, what he's asking you and I this morning is to come before his throne and say, God, I have a need. I have something in my life that I just need to give to you, God. Let me give it to you. And God, would you do something with it? And he's saying, I'll work in that. I'll work in that. And so this morning, this morning, what we're going to ask, I know it's 1210, I believe. 1211. Um, I'll tell you what, Miss Melanie, if you could just play. Um, Mary, we won't even do the last song, if that's okay with you. I think what God wants for us to do right now is, is, is find somebody to pray with right now, or some people to pray with. Right now, find some people to pray with. Whoever it is, your family, your friends, find somebody to pray with. And as you find somebody to pray with, go over your needs together. I'll pray with you. I need this in my life. This is a need that I have. This is a need that we have. And y'all pray for each other that God would do the miraculous. Because I'm telling you, our God is a miraculous God. And Jesus says in John chapter 14, we read verse 11, but in verse 12 he says, hey, look, if you, when I leave, I'm going to send someone, and he's going to be in you, and when I leave, I'll be with the Father, and you will do greater things than the things that you've seen me do. And he can st- he's the same God today. He can do the miraculous. And so find with somebody, and as Miss Melanie plays, y'all pray, and then I'll close us out. Y'all find somebody and play with them.